From BYU Broadcasting, this is Highway 89. I'm your host, Stephen Cap Perry. Opera. You know what that is, right? Solidly built Valkyrie maidens in Viking helmets? Or maybe people in satin and powdered wigs courting, making jokes, or maybe they're fighting. It's hard to tell since it's a language you don't speak. And there are lovers who sing of undying love, but then die anyway, but not, <laughs> not before singing again. If that fits your idea of opera, you are in for a surprise tonight. Our guests are from the Westminster Opera Studio in Salt Lake City, and they are sharing music from their current production, Semele, by George Friedrich Handel. I mentioned undying love just a moment ago. Well, this production doesn't have declarations of undying love alone. It has the actual undead. Yes, that's right. It's a vampire setting for Semele, in English, no less. We'll get to that Transylvanian twist in just a moment, but first let's hear the opera's opening number titled Lucky Omens as the joyful townsfolk prepare to celebrate the wedding of Semele, who secretly loves someone other than the intended groom. What could possibly go wrong? Thank you. 
We've just heard the opening chorus, Lucky Omens, from the opera Semele by George Friedrich Handel. We were hearing our accompanist, Emily Williams, along with the cast from the Westminster Opera Studio. This is Highway 89, a live music performance program broadcast on Classical 89. I'm Stephen Cap Perry. Michael Chipman is the director of Westminster Opera Studio, now in its fourth year of presenting chamber operas. Michael, thank you for coming today. Thank you. It's a pleasure to be here. Those townsfolk can really sing. Right? They do. <laughs> they, they bring it. You took this opera, which is a Greek mythological setting, and you put it somewhere totally different and put a whole new twist on it. Give us the whole vampire angle. <laughs> Well, I, I, um, it's a very ambitious piece to do. It's, it's uh, incredibly difficult musically and uh, staging-wise. It's uh, actually the way it's composed. It's a very long opera. We've done a lot of cuts to it. And um, it's uh, performed in English. And it's, uh, there, there are a lot of challenges in presenting this opera in a really uh, believable way that connects with, with audiences. And, and I've watched a, a lot of productions and I studied the score. And there was one moment when I was looking through the score and I read one of uh, Jupiter's lines where he says, I'm going to have your sister, uh, this is an, uh, a paraphrase, but he says, I'm going to have your sister come visit you. And when she comes, uh, she won't be able to see me. I'll be invis invisible to her, only you will be able to see me. And I was like, oh. I might be able to do something with that idea, with uh, the idea that, that uh, he had these sort of magical powers. And, and then the idea that in the end, uh, Semele comes out and is burned to death because... No! Uh, in, <laughs> sorry. Spoiler alert. Spoiler alert. Uh, she, she's burned to death because uh, Jupiter, in the original story, reveals himself to her in his full godlike glory. In, uh, in, in our version, it's because, well, I don't know if I want to spoil it, but she's been turned into a vampire and comes out of the coffin when the, the sun has risen. And so uh, I just thought that it was an interesting way to make a very, very old story and a very old tale... Uh, to kind of dust it off and to give it some fresh new life and, and set it in a, in a very contemporary setting. I love how you said you wanted to make it more believable, and so you had them be vampires. So I thought that was <laughs> exactly. really great. It really makes great. perfect sense to me. Yeah. <laughs> and yet, even with all that, which adds a lot of interest and makes it give it a, a contemporary twist, it's, it's still about the music. Oh, it's always about the music beginning. And I've, I've said this to them many times. It, it kind of doesn't matter at the end of the day what we're doing in terms of, uh, you know, the costumes. And, 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 this, and we have a lot of fun with the staging and, and what's happening. I think it's made it a lot of fun both in, in terms of the staging and, and the preparation process. And I think the audience will be really engaged. But beginning and end opera is about music. And if the music is not beautiful and beautifully performed at the highest level that we can possibly do, then... I, my feeling is that it, the rest of it kind of doesn't matter. And I love Handel. Some of the, some of the most powerful and memorable experiences for me as, a, as an audience member and as a performer have been with Handel operas. And so to be able to come to this piece that has just moment after moment of exquisite beauty and to then have a lot of fun with it in terms of how we present it to the audience has been, has been a lot of fun. Thank you. Michael Chipman, the director of the Westminster Opera Studio. Unfortunately... Semele is not happy about the wedding, or this would have been a very short play. She doesn't love Athamas. She actually loves someone else, Jupiter, in fact, and so she cries out for help. We're about to hear from the act one, scene one, recitative and aria sung by Semele, uh, the part sung here by Christy Peterson. Oh, me. Oh, me. 
Christy Peterson singing the part of Semele. That's her opening aria, All Me, What Refuge Is Now Left Me. You're listening to Highway 89 being broadcast live. Eric Schmidt is the music director of the ensemble. Eric, you're a graduate student in music. What has been your special specialization in, in undergrad and now your graduate work? Um, well, I did my undergrads and my master's in Germany in music and mathematics. And now here I am at the University of Utah doing my doctorate in choral conducting, actually. Okay, so you arrived able to count and everything. Yes, right, I hope so. <laughs> <laughs> now, I understand that you took the whole orchestral score and you have actually done a reduction. That is correct, yes. Which instruments are you using? So we will have a string quartet um, plus half harpsichord and timpanis, so I had to reduce some of the movements. Harpsichord, that seemed, to me that's the time machine that takes you back to the time of Handel. Yeah, absolutely. Right. So was, how much of a challenge was that? Is that something that you've done before? Um, no, not really. I mean, this is my first opera ever, so um, some movements were a bit challenging since there were more instruments involved than we have. For example, there were some horns or bassoons or even a third um, cello and we only have one so but then other movements were not that difficult since you know oboes for example they usually play what the violins have just some moments to emphasize it a, a bit more so that was easy to adapt. Nice yeah. nice now being a conductor you're you're really the boss yes but yeah. when you have a diva on stage and they care. wanted to... <laughs> <laughs> well that pretty much answers that question yes. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> You mentioned you're originally from Germany, and That's I great. wonder, here in the States, we are so used to hearing foreign language operas, mm -hmm. and we, we look for the super titles or, or subtitles, and, but we're used to hearing for what to us are foreign language operas. Right. In Germany, or Europe in the main, is there a tradition of English operas? like this being performed. Yes, absolutely. I mean, Handel is a big big deal in Europe as well, and we like to, you know... That's because he, he was born in Germany, right? Born in Germany, well, he chose the British island, you know, to be his mm. home, so mm. it's performed in English as well. Yeah. Nice. Thank you so much My for pleasure. bringing the group and conducting today. We're going to hear a, a pair of pieces here in this next section. First, a chorus. Avert these omens, all ye powers. Jupiter decides... 
He's going to answer Semele's plea, and he knows just how to break up a nice wedding. quote Freddie Mercury, thunderbolts and lightning, very, very frightening. And the wedding is broken up, and no one could be happier than Semele, who is carried off by her one true love and takes a moment to contemplate the endless, eternal joy of her life, she thinks. Here, once again, is Christy Peterson singing the part of Semele. Oh, no. 
Emily's aria with the chorus coming in, endless pleasure, endless love. I really wish you could see our, our choral performers in here because they're doing their courtly bows and Cupid must appear because someone was flying in with little wings. I think. <laughs> <laughs> We're speaking now with uh, members of the cast of the, the Westminster Opera Studio from the Opera Semily, performed live by the student cast in Salt Lake City. Christa, Christy Peterson has just sung a couple of pieces and playing Semily. Christy, thank you for being here. Thank you so much. Now, I wanted to, you know, anybody who thinks that Mariah Carey made up vocal <laughs> ornamentation needs to go listen to the Baroque because, man, what kind of a challenge is this? Is this something you grew up doing or that you've just had to learn recently? Uh, this is actually my first Baroque opera, so definitely a new experience for me. Um, it spent a lot of time on YouTube listening to other singers, and Emily Williams, our accompanist here, is actually my vocal coach as well, so I... We just listen to stuff. She helps me figure things out. And my teacher, Michael Chipman, also helps me. And it's just a journey, and you figure it out, and you learn it. So I've always wondered when someone does that, something like that, that is so fast, but you've got to be accurate on every note. Do you slow it way down like a pianist or an instrumentalist would, just ah, 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 and then gradually oh, yeah. work? Definitely for the learning process. It's very slow. You break it up into sections and gradually get faster and faster and work your abs a lot, and you get there. <laughs> Well, last year you were in the production of The Light in the Piazza, which is contemporary but still takes a lot of vocal skill. What have you learned from the role, the music, and the character of, of being Semele? Oh, boy. Um, Semele is a very interesting character. She's, I feel like she's very different from anything I've played. The Light in the Piazza last year was a very innocent, kind of lighthearted, um, naive young girl in a way. And Semele is very, to me anyway, she's a little more powerful like she knows what she wants and she's stubborn and she wants it and she's gonna get it you know so it's been a challenge but I can also relate to that at the same time <laughs> so um but it's definitely been a process learning everything and through all of our rehearsals and practices you know I understand her more and more for myself so so are there ever is there ever a moment where you're in your vocal rehearsals and you think okay now I've got this and then you go on stage <laughs> And does it fall apart now that you have to move and react with people? And Well, um, my teacher, Michael Chipman, told us that we need to know our music so well that no matter what we're doing on stage, you know, you can sing it. He actually has me doing a runway walk while I'm changing clothes and putting on a boa and I'm singing all these runs up and down. And, you know, I had to practice it enough to be able to do a model walk down the stage. <laughs> well, thank you for singing with us. Beautiful. Thank you clear, so much. Clear, clear high notes. That was a thank beautiful you. aria you sang. We've just talked with Christy Peterson, who plays Semele in the opera. Unfortunately for Semele herself, the character, Jupiter had what we might call a prior engagement <laughs> to the goddess Juno. She hears what has happened, and Juno and her henchwoman, they always have a hench person. This is Iris. They begin to plot and exact their revenge. Iris is sent off to do the dirty work with Juno exclaiming, as we all would in the same situation, 
Awake, Saturnia, from thy lethargy. Hence, Irish, Iris, hence away. <laughs>
Speedy flight indeed. We just heard sopranos Asha Crandall as Juno and Sally Drutman as Iris performing a recitative and aria from Semele. I'm Stephen Cap Perry. You're listening to selections from Handel's Opera Semele performed live by a student cast from Westminster Opera Studio in Salt Lake City. Michael Chipman, you're the director. Has this been performed in Utah before? Not to my knowledge. I... Uh one of the uh, we had a preview uh, in uh, in a blog Reichel recommends, and his it's his assertion that this is the Utah premiere of this piece. So that's very exciting. Nice. If that's if that's true, that's very exciting. Well, even if it happened back in nineteen whatever, lots of us never got the chance to see it. Right, it's, it's pretty exciting. It's, it's pretty unique. What what do you teach students in an opera workshop that prepares them? for performing on stage more than just voice lessons in a studio. We may have gotten a hint of that already in, in what's been yeah, said. Yeah, I, I think I think Christy said it best that you have to be able you have to know your music so well. You know, it's not we talk a lot in voice lessons about vocal technique first of all, about learning how to use the instrument. And then you add to that the ability to learn music, to learn notes, rhythms, to sing in tune, to uh, create a beautiful phrase. And all of that is, is part of the craft of what we do in the voice lessons. Then they work with Emily on diction and musical style and, and sort of perfecting the, uh, the overall performance of the piece. And then we get it on stage, and all of that can just kind of fall to pieces if it's not completely learned and cl completely internalized. And, all, and lots of things get thrown at them. I mean, they, they, like they said, I, I have them do lots of very strange things on stage. <laughs> And they're very and they're uh, they're very they're very game to kind of go uh -huh. along with with all of the crazy ideas that I have as the director, and they they're able to bring it together and and um, I think that's the key is being on stage, being able to juggle a ton of things all at the same time, to be able to be your be your character number one to be thinking about your character who your character is how they're relating to the other people on the stage to be thinking about precise music making to to be, make a beautiful phrase to sing every note correctly to breathe when you need to breathe. 
But then also to keep your eye on the conductor, because the conductor is trying to keep a million pieces together all at the same time with, with, uh, with what's happening with the harpsichord and the string quartet and the timpani. And then there's all of the lighting and stuff that goes into that too. So there's a lot of sort of moving parts that have to happen. And for a singer to be able to be on stage and be comfortable and communicate and, and, and present themselves in, as a holistic package is, is quite a challenge. And so my, con my contention is that the best way to, to, to learn how to do that is to do it to put them on stage, to, to force them to have to do what, we, what we're asking them to be able to do. You know, so uh, many things in the arts are like that. You have to learn by doing. Yep. And that you sort of stumble through and then, and then you pick it up gradually. But this is a really interesting niche, a small ensemble. Your goal isn't to become the largest opera company in Utah. Oh, by no means. And, yeah, but I, I heard you say, uh, we were talking before the broadcast, we'll stay small but good. Mm-hmm. That's the goal, is, is uh, quality. And I think we're getting, I, I think you can hear that we're getting that. It's, it's In just four years, you've yeah. grown th this program to what it is right now. Uh, it's been it's been amazing. We're we're very lucky to have a, a donor in the Florence Gilmore Foundation. She was a singer in the 1930s who came to Westminster, and uh, she has uh, given us an incredibly generous uh, gift, many gifts over the years that have, have enabled us to give scholarships. I don't know if you know this, but it's not incredibly cheap to go to Westminster, <laughs> and so any uh, the, the 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 foundation has been incredibly generous. A lot of these students are on scholarship as a result of her generosity and. There's a real spirit of Florence Gilmore and what she's done for our college uh, in this room and in everything that we do because she loved singing. She loved singers. And, and to be able to both have the financial support and then the, the, the support of the college to really believe in what we're doing here and to build this program has been very exciting. Michael Chipman, thank you so much. Thank you. You already know things don't end well for Semele since she does end up burnt to a crisp by the full glory of Jupiter. This is only temporary dev temporarily devastating to the townsfolk, even <laughs> since they were all set for a wedding, a party. Apollo hates to disappoint, so he creates from Semele's ashes Bacchus, Dionysus, the god of wine and celebration. It may not be a wedding, but at least it's still a party. Everybody, well, almost everyone, is happy again. <laughs> Here is from the final scene, Jonah Hoskins singing the role of Apollo with the chorus. Relieve your care and future happiness declare. From Semley's ashes, a phoenix shall rise, the joy of this earth and delight of the skies. A God he shall prove more mighty than love and sign and sorrow forever prevent.
Jonah Hoskins and the cast of Semele performing Apollo Comes, Happy, Happy, We Shall Be. Now in its fourth year, the Westminster Opera Studio is distinguish distinguishing itself as the premier exponent of chamber opera in Salt Lake City. Specializing in Baroque and contemporary chamber operas, students in the studio learn the lyric art of singing, acting, movement on stage. Past productions include Purcell's and... The Light in the Piazza, Westminster Opera Studio productions are funded, as mentioned, with the generous support of Florence J. Gilmore Foundation. Thank you to the director of the program, Michael Chipman, to Eric Schmidt, the music director, and our pianist, Emily Williams, who more than earned her keep by providing 16th notes throughout the evening. <laughs> Thank you to the entire cast of Semele for this evening's preview of Handel's Opera. We're always glad to hear from our listeners. We welcome any comments and questions you might have about the program. You can contact us by simply emailing highway89 at byu.edu. Highway 89 is a production of BYU Broadcasting in Provo, Utah. The recording engineer is Mark Waite and the producer, Jackie Tataishi. I'm Stephen Cap Perry. Thanks for listening. <laughs>